thank each and every one of you for being here this morning, for those online and those that are present in the house. Uh, as we prepared the word for the Lord this morning and from the Lord, and I'm always liking to hear something that God has given in the message. <laughs> and so this morning, my son-in-law, uh, Minister Adams, he hit it right on target. But once we get to the end, which he may or may not be here because I know he has to step out, but it'll be passed on to him. Amen. Uh, so we would like to invite your attention to First Kings chapter number 19. We'd like to invite your attention to First Kings chapter number 19. And we want to talk about the journey. We're going to talk about the journey. You know, many of us have, have been involved and we've having to go through the journey of life and things have been difficult. There are different phases within our lives in that journey that we take that different things happen to us as we go through that journey. Now, we're going to begin reading at the very first verse in 1 Kings chapter number 19. Verse number 1 says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And it says, Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, Oh, let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for your reading of your word. We just pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just uh, take us, open us up, and do whatever needs to be done within our lives. Help us to see that the journey that we have taken, and through those, your scriptures, this we ask in your son Jesus' name, amen and amen. The first thing we want to do, we want to unpack verse number 19. We want to deal with the word Ahab. We want to deal with Jezebel. And, of course, we're going to deal with Elijah. So the word Ahab, it represents man's will and desire. It's also false intellect. And it is the ruling will and desires of man. During our life, during our journey, oftentimes it's our will and our desires that we use. And sometimes it's a false intellect that we have leading us on our journey. But we have to understand when that, when that false intellect or when our will and our desires connect with Jezebel. Now, Jezebel is that controlling spirit. It thinks that it is untouchable. And it is the unbraided passions and desires. You see, when we have those unbridled, uh, uh, unbridled passions and desires, those things within us will want to kill the Elijah spirit that's within us. Now, that Elijah spirit within us is a Jehovah, means Jehovah is God. So when we begin to, to uh, lean to our own understanding and allow our own will and our own desires to, to come to the forefront, it will destroy, it will kill the God that is within us. But then as we, we move on now, we understand that this old Jezebel spirit, this controlling spirit, in verse number 2, it says, Then Jezebel sent a message unto Elijah, saying, 
so let the gods do to me and more if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Now, that controlling spirit, that Jezebel spirit, will send you a message. If you're not careful, you will receive that message from that Jezebel spirit because it's controlling. It wants to tell you what to do. It wants you to allow your own will and your own desires to fool you. You see, after every victory, you can expect Satan to show up. Amen. I don't care what, how many victories you have. After each victory, after each, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. After each celebration, you can expect Satan to show up. Now, watch what happens when we allow Satan to show up. But before we do that, let's go to the book of James, chapter number 4. And we're going to look at verse number 7. Now, keep your place in 1 Kings chapter number 19 because we're basically not going to leave from there. But when we go to James chapter number 4, looking at verse number 7. Now, this is what we have to do so that we will not receive the message of Jezebel. All right? Verse 7 in James chapter number 4, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. First thing we have to do after every, every victory, we've got to learn to submit ourselves unto God. And then he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Most of the time we don't even think about that scripture. We don't think about if we go ahead and submit ourselves to God that Satan will flee from us. We think he's always there. No, the Bible says if we resist him, He'll flee. So how many of us really resist Satan when he comes up, up against us? Think about on our own personal journey. Because this is individually. Amen? Because no two people have the same journey. Everybody's journey is different. But whenever the adversary comes up against us, we've got to learn to resist Satan. All right? Now, let's go back to 1 Kings chapter number 19. Watch what happens when we allow our will and our emotions and that controlling spirit to take part in our life. Looking at verse number 3, 1 Kings chapter number 19. Now, verse 3 says, And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, now, just keep that up there. It says, and when he saw, how do you see a message? <laughs> the message was sent to him, and once he, he, he heard the message, because the Bible said he heard the message, she sent him a message. He gets up, and he runs for life. How many times when the enemy tells us something, we, we take off? We go in the opposite direction. We don't stand on the promises of God. Because he, the Bible says he goes to a place called Bathsheba. Now, Bathsheba means a well of fulfillment. That's where he shows up at. All right? He shows up at the well of fulfillment. But he is running from the devil. All she did was send a message. How many of you all have gotten a message from the devil and you went in the opposite direction rather than where God told you to go? So that lets me know that whenever she received that message, when he received that message, then what happens is he not only heard it, but he received it too. So you don't have to receive the message from Satan. 
She, she sent a message. He heard it. It can't activate itself unless you receive it. Y'all get that? If I receive something from the adversary, then that means I've, I've taken possession of it. I've taken hold of it. But if you never receive it, it doesn't matter what the adversary say. It doesn't matter what Satan says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. As long as you do not receive it in your spirit, it can't do nothing to you. But how many times we, we take off? We're running from, we're running from the devil. Now, now what, what, watch ha- what happens here. It says now he lands up in a place of fulfillment. And it says, which belongs to Judah. Now, the the word Judah means praise, okay? Now, verse number four. Now, watch it. He's on the run. Now, it says that he leaves his servant behind. In other words, he leaves his servanthood behind. Now, he's on the run. He's running from... He's running from the devil. I mean, he didn't have victory after victory. He's had major victories. He's killed over 850 prophets. He's killed them all. But here he is on the run. How many victories have you received, I'm going to say this week? How many victories have you received this week and the adversary got you on the run because of something somebody said? Now think about it. Just think about it, okay? Now, watch what happens in verse number 4. Verse number 4, 1 Kings chapter number 19. It says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and he sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life. Sounds like he's in a pity party, right? For I am not better than my father. He is in a dark place. See, in, in our journey, along our journey, even along the journey of House of Destiny, we've had some victories and we've had some dark places. But see, if we're not careful, we will allow the enemy to take us into a dark place. Then he's, he requests that his life is taken. He's saying, it's enough. How many of us have said, this is enough? I'm through with this journey. See, we, we, yeah, he's... Because you got to understand what's really going on. It is part of your journey. So for, I don't know why we think our journey is supposed to be always victorious. Everything is going to be great. Everything is going to be wonderful. But that's not how the journey is designed. It's not designed that way. So he's sitting, the Bible says he's sitting under a juniper tree. Well, let's see about this juniper tree. Now, he's in a dark place. Now, first of all, the juniper tree, it represents strength to survive in harsh and bare climates. It grows out of rocks and it survives in areas with very little water. A juniper tree. It represents your strength. So he sits himself under a juniper tree and right there is telling him, listen, this is, you're going to receive strength. This is your strength. See, when we're going through what we're going through, we have to remember God is strengthening us right then and when we're going through it. We don't feel it, but that's how it is. The juniper tree, all right, talks about the strength. You know, it's able to survive. Many of you have been surviving in harsh and bare climates. I mean, it's, things have been difficult. Things have been harsh, but yet you still survived. Is that not amazing? 
yet you still survive. You're, you're sitting under the juniper tree. You're sitting there under the juniper tree. See, you're surviving. No one expected you to survive, but you did. Amen. Everybody had counted you out, but you still survived. See, that, that's the strength of God that's on the inside of you. The next thing about that juniper tree is it, had, it talks about wisdom. It's a tree that represents wisdom. It has the ability to live in almost every continent in the world. In other words, it can survive anywhere. No matter where you are positioned or wherever you are placed, you'll survive. It doesn't make any difference. They can put you on the front porch. They can put you on the back porch. They can put you inside the house. But you will still survive. We're talking about the, the, the different characteristics of that juniper tree. Because, see, God was sending him a message. God was sending him a message. And once God sends the message, amen, once God sends the message, you are stronger. You, you will gain wisdom while you are sitting there. You'll gain wisdom while you are sitting there. And also that juniper tree, it has a lot of usefulness. Uh, it has beauty. That, that juniper tree, it supplies food. Um, it supplies shelter. And, and it's a symbolism of purification and protection. See, we have to understand wherever God positions or places us, he's purifying us. Because, see, while we're on that journey, we've got to be purified because we've got some things in us that does not need to be. Amen. So purification has to take place. But while we're going through the purification process, God is also protecting us. You see, th that's what we need to understand on this journey. We have to know and understand God is always with us. Regardless of what anybody else say, regardless of what happens, God is always with us. And so here he is now. He, he, he's in that dark place. He's hollering, enough is enough. Then he goes to sleep under the juniper tree. And verse number 5 in First, uh, First Kings chapter number 19, it says this. And as he lay and he slept, under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, what's that word? It says, arise and eat. You remember I told you a little while ago, I always like to have a confirmation. And as Minister, Minister Adam was speaking, he said, arise, Israel. God said that word, said that word. and I knew then. God said, to, to, for this house, for every individual, we need to arise and eat. What am I going to eat? I'm going to eat bread from heaven, that angel food. We're going to eat the manna. We're going to eat the word. Because, see, things happen while we are on this journey. See, when we're touched, when we are touched by the power and the spirit of God, the, the, it talks about the angel had touched him. But the instructions were to get up out of the position that you're in because you're weak. See, on this journey, you will get weak. See, that's why you've got to have the strength of God because these old mortal bodies of ours, they will get weak. But the, the only way we can keep our bodies strengthened, we've got to eat the bread from heaven. We've got to eat that manna. That's very, very important. 
So God is telling some of us on this journey, we've gotten weak. We're just like Elijah. We, we've gotten weak. And, 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 and truth be known, at some point or another, whatever the situation may have been, you want to give up. I see a few heads said, yeah. I, I see a few honesties, you know, because, you know, church folk got, got you know, we, we do know how to tell lies, don't we? <laughs> we know how to wear that face, you know, pretend everything's all right. When we know one time or another in, our own, in all of our lives, we want to give up. We want to throw in the towel because we felt like that journey was too much for us. We were saying enough is enough. But, 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 but. Watch what God says now in verse number 6 in 1 Kings chapter number 19. Verse number 6 says, and he looked. See, you got, you got to be able to look. You got to be able to see God, not the devil. Okay? Because it was the devil that got him on the run. So now the verse 6 says, and he looked. And behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did. He obeyed. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. On this journey, on this journey of life, you've got to refill yourself. You have to replenish. And once you're replenishing, then you are refreshed. Then comes the fresh anointing. See, when you replenish, when you refill yourself, see, it's important. You cannot continue to stay the way we are and not be replenished. We've got to have the word of God. We have to have time with God in order that we become refreshed because our journey is not over. God still has something else for us. Amen. But we've got to get away from wanting to give up. Too often we want to give up. We want to give up. We want to say, no, this is not for me. Well, this is not the, the journey I want to be on. Listen, it's the one that's been assigned to every individual. <laughs> Nobody's journey is like someone else's journey. And everybody's going to go through different things. Amen. But, but we've got to learn that, that we've got to be replenished. Some of us will keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going, thinking we're like that, we're that little bunny rabbit that you wind him up and you keep on going and going and going until he's totally exhausted and fall out. That's how, that's how we are. We run and we run and we run and we run and we run. And then all of a sudden, whoop. And then we wonder what happened. What happened was we did not uh, uh, find a place to, to be still to be quiet in the Lord, to get a refilling, we need a refilling. And then we got to be replenished. You see, we, can't, we cannot uh, not be replenished. We've got to eat the word of God. We have to be consumed. We have to be, oh, yeah, we sing burning ones, but are we really burning? It's easy to sing it. Amen, right? But are we, are we on fire for God? Are we on fire for God? See, that's the thing. See, when you're on fire, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. See, when we're on fire for God, nobody has to pop and praise you and prime you up to make you praise God, especially when you think about how good God is. When you, when you, think, when you think about the evidence, I mean, that, that, that song, I didn't even know if I was going to make it through or not. The evidence of God's goodness over your life. See, you've got to be able to see the evidence. 
If you can't see the evidence, nobody else is going to see it for you because the devil's going to paint another picture. The evidence of his goodness. You are, mm. Think about how good God been to you. I mean, just think about how good God has been to all of us. All of our life. Uh, Through the good, the bad, and the ugly. All you got to do is look back and see the evidence. And then you can see the promises of his fulfillment. See, that's fulfillment in his promises. It's all over your life. Everybody else can see how God blessing you accepting you. Somebody's still in pity party. I don't have this. Song. So what? So what? You're breathing. You're alive. You got your limbs. You're in your right mind. The evidence of God's goodness. Many people have been cut off. What I'm talking about? You look around, you see somebody without no legs. And you got you got two. That's evidence of his goodness to you. Might be in pain, but I'm still moving. That's the goodness of God. I mean, we got to allow, we have to be replenished, refilled. You know, we just, it's, you got to know the, the, the wonder and the goodness of God. So, and what I love about it, he says now, he, he ate and then he laid down. He rested in what God gave him. He rested in it. Learn to rest in God. Learn to rest in the Father. Because if you don't rest in God, I mean, you're still going to be like that damn giant's bunny still running all over the place. And then when you run out, you holler, well, I've been burnt out. They burnt me up. I'm burnt out. Well, you're burnt out because you didn't, you didn't take no rest and you didn't eat God's word. See, we've got to understand that the church is the most prayerless place I've ever seen that's supposed to be known as a house of prayer. How many people are praying? How many people labor in prayer? So you get to think about that. That's the communication with God. But he laid down. He rested in God. We are so busy doing nothing. Been there, done that, got a trophy and t-shirt. So I can tell you about it. Think I have to feel every day of my life doing something. And at the end of the something, I will burn out. Didn't give God no time. Chasing everything else. Well, y'all done too. You know, come on. Come on. Y'all done it too. You know. Now, rest. I'm talking about truly resting in God. Resting in God. Now, look at verse number 7 in 1 Kings chapter number 19. And this part of the... Well, I'm almost done. All right. Now, verse number 7 says, And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched and said, Arise and eat. And here's the reason why. Because the journey is too great for thee. See, the thing is about, about this journey. This journey, it, it's, it's, a, it's tough out here. It's, it's tough. The, 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 walk of, the walk called life. It's not easy. That's why you have to continually consume the bread from heaven. See, he had to come back. Once you rest in, in the Lord, rest in his word, just be consumed by the word of God, then you lay down, you rest, and you just enjoy Jesus, and then you hear the sweetness of his Holy Spirit, and then that angel said, I'm going to come back again because 
they don't have enough. You need more. You, You need more. So he touches him again. Then he tells him why he has to continue the fulfillment of filling him. He said, because the journey is too great. House of Destiny, we're on a major, mighty journey. The journey is great that's set before us. The journey is great. If we think we have seen greatness in the past, then we will see greatness even more. Dreams and visions, signs and wonders will come through this house. It, that, that's, and it's happening. Let, let me share something with you. A uh, few weeks ago, few, few, no, a few, few days ago, I had this dream. Some of the people I've already told about the dream. I had this dream, and in this dream, I saw a hurricane. I saw the, I saw the rain. I saw the wind. Uh, and it was something else that was happening around the hurricane. But... I got the phone, the phone rung, and it just took that other part out of my mind. That was in the wee hours of the early mornings. Well, when we come to the after-school program here at the church, and they were supposed to have been drawing little things about the turkey and all that and uh, how thankful they were. And so I'm looking at this young man, and he's like, he sure must have a mighty big turkey over there because he sure is drawing. He's really drawing. He's taking a whole lot of time to it. But once I get over to where he is, he is drawing a picture of the hurricane. I figured that would wake you up. It had a defined eye in the hurricane. And around it is very interesting things. Coming from the sky, I assumed that it was a rocket. But when I questioned him, he said it was a meteorite. When it started coming toward the earth, he had written the word boom. That was an explosion. Then he had three different things there, and I thought it was one thing because it looked like it had eyelashes or something. So I figured it might have been a horse or something. But when I asked him what it was, he began to tell me it was two of the items were military uh, trucks, and they were clashing one another. And once they, uh, they clashed one another... And then, and, 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 and Minister uh, uh, Joe, need to make sure you tell Minister Vernon this because I forgot to tell him this part. But there was another little thing there, and I asked him, it was a little round, it was almost like a circle, almost like shaped like a flower, you know, the outside of maybe a, 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 a flower, a sunflower. And he said that was the water that was being poisoned. He said that was poison water that he had drew. Because, see, when I first saw the hurricane, I said to him, I said, do you have anything else in your spirit? He said, yes. I said, draw it. And then on the other side, he had this, this symbol of thing, and I couldn't figure out what it was. It was a drawing. And my granddaughter said, she said, that symbol represents death. And it come on down, and there was something else he had drawn. It was like an explosion. Well, not knowingly, when I'm, I'm saying sharing it with, with my son-in-law, uh, my granddaughter already said that he had had a dream too the same week. Now, all of us having the same thing the same week. All of this has happened the same week within a matter of days. Now, he has a dream. He sees people. They don't have faces, but there's this huge man. It was this huge white man, he said. And he said he began to speak this word that there was a big rock coming toward the earth. And said, so when he turned around to ask him about it, the man had disappeared. 
You see, there's a lot of things. See, God reveals things through this house. He, he reveals things through you people. He gives you visions. He, he shows you signs. He shows you things that are about to happen. A, a day or so ago, all of a sudden, when we was talking about the hurricane, then it came on the news about it's a possibility that there are going to be two hurricanes with, within the upcoming week within 24 hours of each other. That's something that's never been heard of before. So God is revealing what is going on before it even happened. And what I want to also say to you, and I'm going to pass information. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to pass it on. Got to pass it on. So supply and demand is going to get very, very short. God has already told us what to do to put food up, put canned food up, put water up. Well, lo and behold, I get a call the other day from someone that owns a trucking company. They said diesel fuel was like maybe a few days away. It was about to run out. They own a trucking company, so they know about this. And I said, okay. And then they said, well, you know, come down to the diesel fuel. If, if something happened with the trucking, then everything, the economy is going to collapse. They can't transport nothing. You see how God warns us through the house? How he tells us what to do before it happens? And, 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 and then the, and they would begin to talk, and she said, well, you know, we've been talking about putting up at least two to three weeks of food. You need to put it up. You, know, you, you need to put something up besides blow it. And, and, and I'm thinking, I said, I, I go online, and I begin to look, and I said, okay, God, I said, I need to know if this is true. Sure enough, it was there posted on the Internet, because most of y'all believe in the Internet anyhow. It says this, they had like five days of reserve left of diesel fuel. Five days. That means if something don't take place, the whole economy is going to collapse. Everything is going to start skyrocketing. Everything is going up. If you think you're having a problem at the store now, you just wait a while. My, the while I'm talking about is not way down the road. It might be oh, days, weeks, or months away. So you, it's best for us to get ourselves prepared. Well, in the process of that, lo and behold, what do I see? I see the Mississippi River drying up. The Mississippi River is the, is, is a, a river where there are these boats going down through there. They call them bogs, going down the river, and they are transporting soybeans. Well, the, the river is drying up. If it dries completely up, they can't, you can't drive no boat on no dirt. That means everything is going to collapse. God is warning us. He, in the midst of his warning, he's also preparing us. He's preparing us for things to come. But how many of us are listening? Because you've you got to learn to put up now. And to please don't do like me, get too comfortable, and all of a sudden instead of going to the store, you go to the cupboard. And I'm sure nobody did that but me. <laughs> I am sure no one did that but me. Yeah. And instead of going to the store, I went, okay, I got the store right here in my house. I'm, I can get, no, that was for us to store up. 
because we don't really know what's going to happen. Amen. All right, we got, we got a couple more verses, and then we're done, and then we're going to go into something else. Now, in verse number 8, 1 Kings chapter number 19, we have two verses left. It says in verse 8, And he arose, watch this, and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto uh, Mount Hart, the mountain of God. See, he got enough strength for that. God took him back to the place where he originally gave him the law, okay, the Ten Commandments. Now, the last verse, it says, and he came thither unto a cave. And we're going to end this verse because this is going to be a question for you and for me. And it says, and he lodged there, and he said, behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, what doeth thou here, Elijah, why are you hanging out in the cave with a pity party? What you hanging out here for? You done had all those victories. God has tremendously blessed. And he says some of us still hanging out in the cave because we're still running from the devil. Hanging out in the cave. What's your cave? What's your, what's your cave? Think about it. What is your cave? What's got you in hiding, God says? What's got you in hiding? After you didn't have those victories, God allowed you to do those victories. You remember, said that first beginning word, it says, O rise, O Israel. It's time for us, the body of Christ, to get up. Arise, come up out of that, that stupor that we're in and be on the Father's business. Be on the business for the Lord. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.